I'm Georgia. And I'm Alana. Welcome to episode six of Listen to This. What have I got? <laughs> I have I have a fun little story. Um, I think probably lots of people have heard of it. Am I just jumping straight in? Yeah, I've, I mean, when you mentioned it, I'd never heard of it. So it's one that, I, I don't know, I reckon it was quite a big thing like back in the day. To be fair, it was the 1980s. So it's another classic one of... We weren't alive. Yeah, <laughs> so we didn't hear about it. So yeah, my story this week is about a band called Millie Vanilli. Classic name. Sounds like an ice cream. <laughs> yeah. The amount of times I wrote vanilla in my notes. <laughs> um, I'll have one Millie Vanilli, please. <laughs> yeah, that, it's it's a fun name. I, I did look at why they were called Millie Vanilli, but couldn't find it, unfortunately. Mm. I think they just quite liked it. Names that rhyme are always fun. I can't think of any other examples. Classic names do we have? I mean, immediately my mind went to Vanilla Ice. (laughs) It doesn't rhyme, but it's a classic name. But it's also like an ice cream. Oh, yeah. There's no rhyming ones. No. There's there's a gap in the market. Another rhymer. You could be Lanny (laughs) Abrahami. (laughs) Alani Abrahami. I've done it. (laughs) You've done it. You've sorted it. I mean, not a lot. Oh, yeah, I guess quite a few things actually rhyme with Alana. Nothing rhymes with Georgia. It's like the orange of names. That's so true. Although lots of songs have Georgia in it. Oh, this is a struggle. Now I've been to two gigs where they've sang songs called Georgia. Yeah, because obviously Phoebe Bridgers. Oh, I've just stood there. (laughs) (laughs) Amazons as well. When we saw the Amazons. Oh, yeah. I swear there's like another song that has Georgia in it. It's very awkward. I feel a bit weird singing my own name. Yeah, that must be weird. And I really like both those songs. <laughs> my favourite song is Georgia. <laughs> yeah, I just feel really weird. Like, it feels very narcissistic. But it's not my fault. Yeah, they decided to name it. Getting a bad name for Georgia's. <laughs> yeah, because they're quite... Aren't they quite depressing songs, both of those? Yeah, thanks. <laughs> <That's awesome. laughs> Cheers, Phoebe. <laughs> yeah, there should be more Alana songs. Yeah, unfortunately, none out there. You have to write your own song about your own name. I mean, I'm not sure that'll go very far. Alana. (laughs) (laughs) My name's Alana. (laughs) I like bananas. (laughs) Perfect. Can you tell I'm an aspiring songwriter? (laughs) Spanner. (laughs) In her (laughs) pajamas. I could be the new Wurzels. Um, that was a bit, we went off on a bit of a tangent. Anyway, so there's this band called Millie Vanilli, and it was an R&B duo consisting of someone called Fab Moravan and Rob Palatus. Classic names. Yeah. So yeah, it's, um, they were a duo and they met in a nightclub in Munich. So they both lived in Germany. One was French, one was German. I can't remember which way round it is at this present time, but that'll come out later on. <laughs> and when they met, they just literally were like, oh, should we like form a, like an R&B group? 
So I think they met at like a, it was like a nightclub that was like a disco that you like learned to dance and stuff. I don't know. It was the 80s. That was everywhere, I'm assuming. <laughs> <laughs> um, so but to begin with, they released um, an album for like a small German record label that they like partnered up with. And they sold a few thousand records, to be fair, just like in Germany. But they, they struggled with, like they didn't have any money because it was a tiny little record label and they had to basically fund it themselves. So yeah, it was a, oh, it was hard to kind of spread their music and stuff. Um, but they were like desperate to be famous. Like they really wanted to be famous, which I think is a Kickstarter for disaster. Yeah, because if you're that desperate, like you'll do anything. And yeah, if you're doing it for the fame rather than the like actual music. Yeah, that never really ends well. No, and um, you'll see that it didn't end well. <laughs> um, so um, that was in 1988. And that same year, there was a guy called Frank Farian. Um, he heard about them. He asked them to come to his studio um, in Frankfurt. I mean, if, you're, if your name's Frank, Frank <laughs> and you're from Frankfurt, then that's just brilliant. Um, <laughs> so he, yeah, he invited them to his studio in Frankfurt uh, to listen to like a demo that he'd heard. So he'd heard this song called uh, Girl, You Know It's True and it was i don't i think it was sung by just some like obscure band and then he was like oh I'm, i might take that song away from you like buy it from you and get someone else to sing it because i think that could be like a hit um but before i kind of go into that a bit further i'm just going to give a bit of a background of of who frank farian is so he's a well-known record producer and songwriter uh he was in a band called boney m Boney M, they have that one Christmas song. <laughs> Christmas song? Yeah. Isn't it Mary or something? Oh, see, I didn't come across a Christmas song, but they have had some hits that I think you'll recognise. So, they were actually, Boney M were like a really successful band. And they sold around 100 million records, like, worldwide. Um, and they had hits such as Daddy Cool. Oh. So, Daddy, Daddy, Daddy Cool. Yeah, so what they sang that. Um, and they had... Um, a song called Sunny, but that's like a cover of someone that's like Sunny. Yeah. Yeah. It's on insurance adverts and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, so like th- those were like two big hits for them. He mostly like produced for them, but he did do like backing vocals and things. Yeah. But it also came out that he did sing quite a lot on their records, but they just got like a guy in to be him, essentially. And this is like almost the beginning of where it all goes wrong with oh. Millie Vanilli because he's been known to... That's what Frank is a... So Frank is the real voice, but yeah. they just got like a guy in to be part of the band. So he formed the band yeah. when he found that like he couldn't make it on his own. Oh. Um, but he was in other bands as well, like called... Um, there was one called Far Corporation, but I couldn't really... They, I don't think they were that successful. Um, he like produced stuff for Meatloaf, apparently. But he, yeah, I think he had like quite... He was... He's the one... If you can, like, imagine what Daddy Cool starts with, it's, like, a really deep voice, and I think that's him. Oh. So, yeah, he was relatively successful. Yeah, so back to Millie Vanilli. So he, like, found these two guys, invited them uh, to the studio, and once he kind of met them, he quite liked them, um, he, he signed them to a contract to record 10 songs a year, 
Um, but then when he actually heard them do a recording of Girl, You Know It's True, this demo, he was like, oh, actually, oh, I no. don't really like your voices. Like, you're, you're, you're good singers, but you don't have it. So he was like, oh, his like exact words were, um, he didn't think they had enough quality. So, but he thought that they could sell records. So the final version of the song that got released didn't include their voices. Ooh. It just included voices of some studio performers, basically that helped create the song. And um, they released the song under the name v- Millie Vanilli of Fab Morvan and Rob Pilatus, but they didn't sing on the song. They were just the faces. Did they get any like royalties or anything? So this, I'll kind of get into that. So Frank then was like, oh, okay, we need to go on like a promo tour to like get this single out there. So he's like, okay, Millie Vanilli needs to go out, promote the song. Willy Nilly. (laughs) (laughs) Go out Willy Nilly, (laughs) Millie Vanilli. Um, And so essentially when they were going around performing this song on all these different shows and um, they did like a little tour of like Spain and France and stuff, uh, like in different places in Europe, they just were lip syncing to this song that was not them. Wow. I mean, so that's how it all kind of like started. And then they were like, oh, um, so we're, are we like ever going to get to sing? <laughs> like, oh, no, yeah. so they were like, okay, so we thought we were going to be like singing, singing, <laughs> but that was kind of the plan. When I'm a singer, I kind of <laughs> hope that I can sing. Yeah. So we, in the summer of that year, that song like really took off and um, like especially in Germany, I guess they were quite well known. Um, so like Farian was like, oh, I'll I'll put, like write and produce like a full album for you and we'll release a full album. So they're like, okay, great. Like we'll do a full album and maybe we'll, we'll get to like sing on these like tracks. Um, and when they kind of questioned him and said like, oh, so are we gonna be able to have like creative input? And he was like, oh yeah, like it will happen at some point, but like just go along with it for now and like just help me promote it. And then like, we'll like introduce your voices at some point. So they were like, okay, like we're getting a bit of fame, like back to, you know, you do anything for fame. They were like, okay, we'll go along with it then. So then in in November, Frank released the album um, after they signed to an American record label called Arista records i think that was what they're called yeah arista and the album obviously didn't include either of their voices but still released under the name of millie vanilli with you know their faces on the cover of the album that must be a bit bittersweet because you're kind of getting what you wanted but you're not it's not your work yeah yeah so he and then he basically said to them like he said oh it's too late to stop now and because the single is like such a huge success you you, you're gonna have to go through with it like you're tied into this now yeah you can't like imagine if like someone's voice just changed like in a different album yeah oh sorry i had a sore throat so that was obviously his plan from the beginning he was like they're never gonna be able to sing they're just they're just faces frank he's a snake (laughs) no so frank is a bit of a snake and so like as part of that like he said yeah you're gonna have to go through with it now so he said i'll give you 20,000 euros as like advance money 
but that was basically like hush hush money mm. <laughs> um literally uh, hush hush <laughs> <laughs> literally and um yes yeah, so, and then they obviously accepted that money and just like we're like okay we'll go along with it it's like we're getting famous it's our first hit mm. but I mean, it wasn't their first hit, but yeah. their names were attached to it. So they were like, okay. And then by December of that year, so still 19, uh, 1988, yeah, they realized, okay, we're in this for the long haul. We're never going to get to sing on any of these tracks, but we'll just wait and see what happens. Um, and then as like it went into the next year, so 1989, the album was like a huge success. So especially in America as well. So they'd managed to like break America and they actually, they had to repackage the um, album. So the album was called All or Nothing, but instead they made like an, a specific version for America that was called Girl, You Know It's True, like the same as the lead single. But it, yeah, it, it like went off in America. Like they loved them. Yeah. So five of their singles from that album entered the top five in the Billboard chart. And then three of those five went to number one. Whoa, that's lame. Yeah, so like, especially like in America as well. Yeah. To be like a German duo that. God, yeah. Managed to somehow like make it over there. Come um, from like out of nowhere, really. Yeah, yeah. So, and then like their lead single, Girl, You Know It's True, went six times certified platinum, spent seven weeks at number one, and 41 weeks in the top 10. So. It was a very successful single. During that year though, they were going through a bit because some speculation started that they were lip syncing because they were getting like, obviously as they were getting more and more famous, yeah. they were getting like more interviews and- Well, their voice is really different from their singer voices or something. <laughs> so they both have quite thick like European accents. Oh, yeah, of course. So one's like got a really thick French accent and the others are like German, and in the songs they're like beautifully singing English, like. Oh, I um, would have thought they thought of that really. Yeah, so obviously, as like they were getting interviewed, people were going, "How are you singing?" How do you, and especially because there's like some songs that they have, and a few like there was words in those songs that they couldn't even like pronounce normally. So it's something like miss. One of them couldn't pronounce it. He kept saying like "miss," but like they can't, like they couldn't say like "miss." But in the song, it's like "miss." So, so that was kind of a, a slight giveaway. But people just were like, "Oh well," like sure. you know, at the time they were just like, "Oh well, they're like really successful. They're successful and they're cool." They had like a quite a unique like style at the time. Um, their record label did try to bring in like a dialect specialist to try and get their like accents to fade out a bit. Yeah. Um, but they were rising to fame so fast that it just like wasn't working out and then they both were like, Oh, we we don't want to do any more interviews because this is getting a bit like You're lying. Dangerous. Yeah. yeah. So, um, especially because I think people were like actually asking them in interviews. So they were saying like, Oh, you sound so like Give us a tune. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you sound so different. Like how how do you sound so cl- like clean English on on the C D? So that, yeah, that kind of stirred the pot a bit, but everyone loved them. So they were like, well, it just kind of got brushed, brushed over. I mean, like, yeah, you've got so much to, to lose at that point. Yeah. So you're like really invested at that point. You've, you know, you've had a quite successful album. You do you really want to 
literally give that up. Yeah. I so and like, I, I'm assuming like, as well, once you kind of got a taste of the fame that they wanted, yeah. like, I don't want to give this up now. Like, we've got everything we wanted. So yeah, they, um, I think they did like less and less interviews, but they still remained like really popular. And then in July, 1989, they were on tour doing like live shows for something called Club MTV. So I think they would like tour America um, with MTV and they would just do like a show in different places. And uh, while they were performing, obviously they were lip syncing and the backing track malfunctioned. Oh my God. No. <laughs> so they're just like performing and it kept, so they were singing Girl You Know It's True and it just kept repeating Girl You Know It's over again. <laughs> And in like an interview, did they go along with it? Did like, did he just keep saying? So it? like Rob, it was Rob's line, and he was like, "Oh, like he tried." He in an interview, he talked about it, and he was like, "I I went with it for a few lines, and then he realised it wasn't gonna stop, so he <gasps> ran off stage." Um, obviously, like quite embarrassed. He said it was like really embarrassing, and he just was yeah. like, "Oh no!" Apparently, he punched his tour manager in the chest when he came off of stage. <laughs> obviously quite angry and then he locked himself in like their trailer but then he was like talked into coming back to the the stage Um, there was like tens of thousands of people in the audience that's quite a line to get stuck on as well (laughs) yeah it just kept going girl you know it's girl you know it's girl you know it's i watched the video of it and it's like quite tragic and like i guess in the video he just like dances and he just pretends it's not like pretends it's not happening (laughs) and then he just like runs off but at the time, like, the audience... Apparently, like, really, the audience didn't really notice that it happened. And it was quite common at that time for people to lip-sync because, yeah. like, backing tracks, because people wanted a show. Like, they want people to dance. And I guess it wasn't really as, like, big as it is now. Like, if people lip-sync now, everyone's like... lip-syncing, <gasps> yeah. Yeah. It's, like, a huge thing. But back then, it was kind of expected. I think it, yeah. Especially on, like, MTV and, like... Top of the Pops and stuff like that. It's probably easier in a way. Yeah. It reminds me of um, Brian May said about uh, Top of the Pops wanted them to lip sync and they were like, no. Like, yeah. Queen to lip sync and they were like, no, we want to play our own instruments. It's like when Ashley Simpson had that massive lip syncing scandal. Yeah. There's like loads of them. But back then it was like, well, if they're lip syncing, then we don't really care. Like, but yeah. I, But then I guess that added... To the the speculation speculation of them, like, actually being the singers. So then they were like, oh, God, okay, this could, like, be the beginning of the end. (laughs) (laughs) But they didn't really realise that at the time. They just thought, oh, that was embarrassing. But people, you know, hopefully will get over it. So um, later that year, in December, just goes even more wrong, because a guy called Charles Shaw who was one of the actual singers of Millie Vanilli. Oh my God, of course. On the album. Do they want credit? Well, he found out that the album that they released in America, that they kind of rebranded for America, in like the album booklet, they weren't credited. So the original singers weren't credited. It was credited to Fab and Rob. So um, he was like, oh well, okay. If you want to play that game. Well then, yeah. Um... And then he revealed the secret. So he was like, oh yeah, it's not them. He just like did a, he like publicly announced it. But then Frank, like the snake he is, quickly jumped in 
and was like, I'll give you $150,000 if you retract your statement and say you lied. $150,000? Yeah. So, because obviously they're already famous, like, and it would have been, like, a huge thing. So he was like, that probably was nothing. So, yeah. He, um, he paid him off and that was it from, like, Charles. They were, he, that shut him up for a bit. And then in May 1980, so, like, the following year, despite all of the speculation and everything... Millie Vanilli win the Grammy Award for Best New Artist. No. Oh yeah. my god. <laughs> so imagine that acceptance speech. They're like hunted. Oh. And like the fact. Just had to lie. Yeah, you're not just lying. And in I think I I think it was for the Grammys. I watched like a couple of their um, acceptance speeches because I wanted to hear their voices. Yeah. And um, yeah, he uh, they both sound they don't really say much and they both sound very foreign <laughs> compared to their songs so i think they just wanted to kind of keep that yeah on the down low god oh my god yeah i'm, I'm gonna assume like it doesn't go well from here <laughs> so from there obviously you must feel so guilty i would be beside myself Looking with guilt that grammy every day yeah i, I literally i'd have to cover it up Put it in the <laughs> yeah. yeah so yeah, that was May uh, 1990. And then, yeah, it just gets progressively worse from here. In November 1990, after, at this point, Millie Vanilli were like, okay, you, we need to sing now. Like, it's getting a bit ridiculous. Like, we don't want to do this anymore if we're not singing. So you're obviously feeling the guilt, feeling the pressure. Probably a bit annoyed they, like, can't do anything. Yeah, so they're, you know, and they, they actually did have, like, vocal like ability yeah. so they said oh like you you, sh- you need to release some music that we're actually singing on um and then like at that time as well for some reason the speculation kind of came back around i don't know if it was off the back of them getting a grammy yeah and stuff like that so frank farian decided to have a press conference and he announced that fab and rob never sang on the album and oh, no. that he had dropped them and he'd fired them snake absolutely <laughs> frank is the real villain in this story and he was like he was uh, like they they said in interviews like he basically brainwashed them into thinking yeah. it was a good idea and he forced them into a contract without them realizing they weren't going to be singing and stuff like that and then the week after that press conference the grammys revoked their grammy oh obviously gosh. and that, that's the first and only time that's ever happened really yeah so that's the fr- they were the first people to have their Grammy re- revoked, and I don't think it's happened since. Oh gosh! And then um, you have like, to like post it back. <laughs> yeah, like they literally had to give it back. Return. <laughs> yeah, I mean it looks quite heavy. It would be a sizable return. God. Can you imagine, like, if you were the postman that picked it up? You're like, it's <laughs> <laughs> just a cheeky Grammy award in there. <laughs> um, I'm assuming someone came to collect it. A special Grammy person who looks after all the Grammys. I'm imagining that. Oh yeah, thing. in the um, socially distanced Grammys, did you see there'd be people just like waiting outside? Oh yeah. At houses, and if they didn't win, they just like walk away. <laughs> oh if they God, did, yeah, obviously they'd so like savage. hand them a Grammy. But so dramatic. Imagine being that person. Oh, handling a Grammy, that'd be cool. I just like knock on the window, be like, "Look, sorry, but can I come in?" <laughs> it's a bit chilly. <laughs> oh those Doritos <laughs> you've got that yeah 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 so um sent back their Grammy and a few days after the press conference that um Frank held 
Rob and Fab are like held their uh, like own one, and um, they even got a vocal coach to come along because Aww. they were worried that like people would believe that they couldn't sing at all. So they got this vocal coach to be like, they can sing. <laughs> I'm so sorry for them. So, but I, you kind of feel sorry for them, but you don't because it's like you you wanted it because you wanted the fame. Sure, yeah. You and have- like you probably could have like got out if you really wanted to, or you could have at least said something earlier. I mean, accepting a Grammy. You accepted yes. a Grammy, like you've lied through your teeth. So, um, yeah, you kind of feel bad for them, but you also don't. Mm. Like you kind of got what you deserved in the end. Yeah, so, and they just said, oh, they got wrapped up in the fame of it all. Um, Obviously, they were dropped from their label. But off the back of that coming out, there was also, like, lawsuits. So there was a lawsuit that was filed under the Consumer Fraud Protection Laws. And um, this led to, like, a, a settlement that was put in place so that anyone who bought the album oh. or attended any of their concerts was, like, eligible for a refund because they'd been lied to and it like uh, this was only the american album because it credited it to them because it's like a misrepresentation yeah oh my god so um yeah they i it didn't say like I, I couldn't find any like details i don't know if they decided not to publish them of how many people they had to refund but it was estimated that there was 10 million buyers that could have applied for a refund oh my god. so that could have been like a lot of money a settlement as well that kind of sounds like it was yeah handled outside of court yeah God. yeah so yeah that that was kind of like it all kind of came crashing down on them i guess from that um the real singers of millie vanilli then got to release like a second the second album that was planned for robin fab so they'd already had like an uh, like another album in plan and really? they got to release it as their own we just do anything. <laughs> yeah. So, like, these people that had recorded the second album. And I think they released it under the name The Real Millie Vanilli. Oh. Yeah. So, um, that was, yeah, this uh, album that it reached the top 20 in Germany. That, But that's about as far as it got. It didn't really do very well. Um, and then that band, like, later renamed themselves to Try and Be. Oh, I thought you were going to say something like The Beatles. <laughs> yeah plot twist (laughs) and then so like what happened to rob and fab yeah um rob and fab then released a new album in 1993 under the name rob and fab um with a new record label called joss entertainment group um they only released it in america because they were like oh well that was like our big place that Mm. we got famous so we might get a bit more fame there but they didn't have a lot of money and um obviously the backlash people felt a bit burned by it so um it only sold 2000 copies sad times and then if you fast forward to um 1997 silly <laughs> <laughs> this is what I, like in my head i was thinking the episode name was going to be silly milly vanilli <laughs> <laughs> yeah fast forward to 1997 and Frank Varian's back on the scene and he's agreed to produce a new Milli Vanilli album with Rob and Fab. Huh? So he's like... Did he not see where it got him the first time? <laughs> right? But he was like, this time I'll let you sing and you can you can release an, we'll release an album together. And even like the people that were the real Milli Vanilli 
we're like okay we'll get on board like we'll support it so that like america knows we forgive you and all this kind of stuff oh that's very humble of them yeah so they um they went and tried to produce this album but during that time rob had like quite a lot of personal problems he like struggled with like drug addiction um and he actually got like into some like crimes so he committed like robberies and assaults and stuff oh, and he ended up having to go to jail for three months crimmy but it didn't really work <laughs> um yeah he went to jail for three months and had to do six months like of rehab mm-hmm. and frank bailed him out God. of jail and stuff oh, well he owes him one yeah and then like so that kind of upset things but then on the eve of them going on like a promotional tour for the album rob died from an accidental overdose oh no yeah he was only in his 30s as well i think he was like 32 oh. so he was like really young so oh, yeah like, like ended really sadly and obviously that didn't end up going ahead God, that's awful. and ever since fab's been trying to make it on his own doing a, he did like he released a solo album like ages ago and he's like trying to release song like tried to release songs since um but he's just not really taken off obviously there's been a lot of documentaries lots of interviews that he's been involved yeah. in and he like talks about it now he was like he like he feels really guilty about it and oh. stuff and yeah that's kind of where my story ends fab is still around but not not doing so well like he doesn't want he hasn't got the solo career he wanted um, oh a bit of a dark Fame. ending <laughs> but uh yeah that it was a huge scandal at the time hmm. and i think they like call it one of the biggest like lip-syncing scandals of all time god yeah imagine if that happened now like yeah because it's not just lip-syncing it's pure lying hmm. so yeah that's my that's dark story <laughs> So we're back for another listening to this. What's your pick this week? So my current song is Thank You, which is uh, by Paris. Oh. It's uh, Feet Ray. Oh, as in R-A-Y-E. Mm. Ah, okay. And like, I love Paris. They're great. Mm. But, oh, it's just like, you know sometimes when someone does like a, like a feature with someone else you're not really expecting. Mm. But it just works. Yeah, that's a bit of a weird... Yeah, it's an odd combo, but yeah. it works so well. And, like, I think with Paris as well, they are, they have a bit of a danger of, like, all their songs sounding the same, in right. a way. yeah, I not, get what you mean. It's just, like, Lynn Gunn's voice. Like, mm. there's not really... I don't think any of the other ones, like, sing on it. Or any of the members. But, yeah, oh, my God, it's such a good song. And their new album's actually, like... I really enjoy it. Okay, I haven't, like... Really, I haven't listened to them for years. Yeah. Like any of their like more recent things. Which is weird because their last album I like absolutely loved as well. And to be fair, their first album I also loved. So they're just one of the ones I like never really think to listen to them. But they do have some cracking songs. No, maybe I'll have to visit that then. I feel like just to hear that combo. Yeah. It is really good. Okay. Definitely recommend. So what's your song this week? My song is, um, it's called Dear April by Frank Ocean. So it's actually like an acoustic song. I'm not sure why he's like randomly released these two acoustic songs. He rarely releases stuff as well, doesn't he? Yeah, and they, I think they were released in like the last month or so. 
Um, and they just bit out of the blue. I haven't looked into like why he released them or if they were like songs that yeah. he's just like randomly put out. But it's such a vibe. Um, yeah, it's just like a really chill. Well, he's very chill. Um, but yeah, it's a really nice like acoustic song. And I don't actually really listen to a lot of acoustic versions of songs. Yeah. But because this is the only version of the song, I'm forced to listen to it and it's brilliant. <laughs> That's what I'm going to check that out, actually. Yeah, it's really nice. What's your um, throwback? So my throwback isn't that old. So it's kind of a throwback. I mean, it's a throw- for me, it's a throwback to last year. Okay, I guess it's a throwback. Like this time last year as well. Okay. Mine's Black Magic by the Amazons. I thought you were going to say Little Mix. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a lot different, the Amazons. Yeah. Because it was kind of around this time last year that I was listening to them loads. Because we'd like bought tickets to see them. Mm-hmm. But again, I didn't know that many songs by then. <laughs> and then their like, new album had just come out and it is one of my favourite albums of all time. And to be fair, their like, older album as well is great yeah yeah like they, they've got loads of really good songs but it's, he's got such a good voice oh, and like this time of year as well like just listening to a song called black magic and the whole vibe of the album really it's just great I yeah love it. it's very rough i do love that song yeah it's he one was, of my favorites of theirs it's the guitar solo <laughs> oh yeah it's just one of those songs where you can like picture it like you know what kind of movie where there's like a really tense battle scene or something <laughs> It's just that kind of vibe. Yeah, I, I get what so you mean. Much. Yeah, that's my sort of throwback. Yeah, it still counts. I think we should class throwbacks as anything like a year or more back. So it fits. <laughs> just made By up my that rule. <laughs> <laughs> What's your throwback? My throwback isn't actually that much of a throwback either. So we're Here cheating we the system. <laughs> um, but it is. I guess it's like I think it's 2013 around that time it came out. That's old. Um. Yeah, I guess it is. In seven years. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what year I do forget. you think it is? <laughs> I forget that we're in 2020. Yes, yeah, almost 2021. Oh, don't. Um, yeah, it's uh, Changing of the Seasons by Two Door Cinema Club. Ooh. So I love Two Door Cinema Club. And I feel like there was such like a vibe when we were like back in secondary school and stuff and sick form. Um, but I absolutely adore that song by them and it, I just yeah I was listening to it the other day and I was like oh I don't yeah. remember how good this song is and like it now it takes me back to like Glastonbury yeah. because like that's one of my favourite memories of Glastonbury watching them the sun was setting like and the they people were... in front of us were oh like oh my god I was wondering if you were going to mention yeah, that yeah <laughs> they were off their faces but they were really funny though yeah they were they're hilarious they had like really funny they kept swapping sunglasses yeah yeah, and it was just, like, a really good time. I just remember being very happy in that moment. And I remember thinking... I think I actually said to Sophie, I was like, oh, I bet they're not going to sing, like, Changing of the Seasons. Like, it's my favourite. And then um, she's like, well, they might do. And then when they sang it, I was like, oh, my God! <laughs> <laughs> That's the best feeling. Yeah. Your favourite song. Yeah. And, it yeah, just sunsetting. It was perfect Glasto vibes. Gonna be honest, never listened to them up until that moment. Really? Yeah. I like when I went back to them and thought, was like, oh, because they played a few songs where I was like, oh, I kind of recognise this. Yeah, they've got some bangers. But they were, they are very like 
indie to me and I wasn't indie at the time that they were popular yeah I guess it was around the time where I like I also listened to like Alt J and stuff it yeah, was like exactly. a classic thing like you'd listen to those and I think I, I like just missed it mm. but they were they were great I did really enjoy them mm. yeah so that's mine that's a good that's a nice one <laughs> <laughs> fond memories attached to that one yeah I think I just keep thinking about gigs now like yeah like now some songs really take me back to Oh, I like told you, I've, I've started listening to like live gigs and watching videos in my lunch break because I'm just sad. <laughs> I miss gigs. Oh, it is really, really sad. I mean, I like when lockdown first started, I started watching that Boy Genius mm. pitch pork. Pitch pork? <laughs> pitch pitch pork. Fork. <laughs> gig. Um, and now I like listen to it on a weekly basis, but yeah, the I I just really miss I miss it miss it so much. One day, one day we'll be back again. I I do. Part of me is like, oh, should I wait for the first one back to be something really monumental? Like, can you imagine if your first gig back was just Glastonbury? Oh, but then I'm like, if it comes down to it, I'm gonna go to whatever I can. Obviously, yeah. But it would be interesting to be what the like first post corona gig would be, because our last one was Blossoms. Yeah, and that obviously wasn't planned. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think that would be my last gig. No. Oh, twenty twenty. Oh my god! Yeah. Yeah, but um, I am quite. I'm very much looking forward to being able to go to gigs again. Yeah, I feel like we're just gonna continually say this every week because. Until we have a gig. Yeah. We, we do need to gig. get a virtual one booked in, though. Oh, yeah. I have it in diary. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> That's very work speak. <laughs> Pop it in the diary. <laughs> Send me an invite. <laughs> yeah, that concludes the episode, then. Uh, all the usual stuff. You can find us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. And make sure you follow and subscribe so you get notified of our episodes every Wednesday. And... Uh, you can follow us on Instagram where we share our favourite songs on Fridays and our favourite music memes on Mondays. <laughs> Good and thing. also like um, clues on Sundays for the next episode. Oh yeah, we always forget to mention that. Because we always forget to do them as well. Yeah, that's true. It gets to like 10 o'clock on Sunday and we're like, oh, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> the clue. I wonder what your Millie Vanilli one would be. Oh yeah. Maybe... If we do keep the title silly, Milly Vanilli, we can try and, like, we can, like, draw oh. some moustaches on them. You, you tell us. It'll be, this is in the future. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. And uh, we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. <laughs>